dry with no outlook and see whether I will go through the trial of faith or whether I will sink back into something lower. I believe we need that, and we talked about, I think a couple of weeks ago, the sign said, you know, have you heard God? We'll start listening. See, a lot of times we just don't want to hear what he has to say because it's, I want to stay up on the mountain. I want to stay, as, as he says, a spiritual prig. Somebody in my own deal. But it's ta- we talk about practicing the word. In this moment right now, in the thing that flies in your face, the thing that it says, drop your nets. Give up your life. Will you find joy in that? Or will I recoil and take the bait? That Pilate said, don't you know, I have the power of life and death. You know, if you just give me a way to let you go. He was saying, I don't want to go through with this. Just abdicate something. Paul said it another way. If I stopped preaching the gospel, I wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have to bring all this persecution upon myself. And sometimes it's just easier to enter back into the, the unbelief mode of serving God. This general kind of, that said, yes on the mountain, but when I come down in the valley, and my mistakes face me, and the failures face me, and I see, see, what was Jesus thinking? We have to come to the place of the gospel. We've been called to a gospel of weakness. It doesn't look like God's strength. Jesus emptied himself and said for the joy that was set before him, he came to do the will of God on this earth. And everything that he saw, felt, and touched flew in the face of the word of God. Did you think he enjoyed the twelve that he picked? Those fine men People haven't, and that the demon possessed valley is coming and saying, your, your disciples couldn't do it. They're trying to call down fire from heaven. They're rebuking him. They're blowing it. They're living in sin. They're having problems. Flew in his face. The world that he came, the gospel starts out, we rejected him. It flew in the face of all that he had. But that's what we're, we're here. We're saying this world is passing away. This world sits in the lap of the wicked one. All the cares of this world, all the things of this world, the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of this life is of the devil and of the world. And we're saying God has set me free and now I want to start walking in that joy. I don't want to then be again entangled with the yoke of bondage from whence Christ has set me free. I want to start looking and saying, yes, remember me today in paradise. Yes, there are no spies here. Yes, today I'm taking your head off, Goliath. But not just here. It's got to come to where it's going to cost you. See, it was going to cost David. It was going to cost Rahab. Second Corinthians. It's another quote I read this morning. Second Corinthians. Again, we're so wrapped up in ourselves, we think everything that God is doing is somehow to work in me some better character or better nature. Again, it's a subtle twist to realize that once God works in me, I don't need him around. See, that's what, that was the final thing that the, the disciples said to Jesus. Just, get, just get, let, what, what do we need to do to the work of God? Just give, let us do the work of God. 
We don't want to deal with this anymore. I just want to have it down so I can practice a few principles, got my life, my things are going. I don't want you messing with me anymore because it's really annoying. Just give us the work that we need to do. And a lot of times that's the way we are. We want to learn enough to keep ourselves insulated from God's closeness to us because we know that He's going to require more. And so if I just know a few things, that's the Pharisees. They had it down. They had their whole system down. We didn't want God too close. But the relationship that God wants is that He wants to have a relationship with He wants to get so close. He wants to have that same joy that was in Christ. Jesus prayed that that joy would be made in us. We're going to have to embrace the call of God. We're going to have to say this is what God has and start to speak that, live that. And it's going to bring some reproach, some offense, some suffering. And the very idea that we get upset at that shows me that I'm, no, I'm still walking in my own way and in common sense. But again, it's talking about here in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Again, we think everything's about us. Like I said, you know, somehow we're going to learn. And once I learn enough, then pretty much I can tell God what to do. See, that's what, that's what happens with children after a while. First, they, I mean, they don't, they just, they have to be fed, they have to be changed, they have to be washed. They're just thankful, they're cute. But after a while, they've learned some things, didn't they? And they learn that, because we're sinners, I don't want you tell, talking to me like that anymore. Have you heard that around here lately? I don't need to be talked to like that anymore. No, you don't. Jesus doesn't need to be talked to like that from Pilate. He doesn't need to be rebuked by Peter. He doesn't need to hang around these stupid sinners. He doesn't need to put up with these people who reject him. That's not what he's looking at, was it? He was looking at the will of the Father. And if that's the will of the Father, hallelujah. It's amazing how much the will of God in your life becomes your own will after a while. God wouldn't want you to make that decision. God wouldn't want you to give that up. Be careful. If it's not costing you your thoughts, if it's not flying in your face, good chance it's not the Lord. Blessed be the God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercy and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulations that we may be able to comfort them which are in trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. Talking about God working in us. Some great qualities. But again, we think it's going to be about us. And as I just read this, so, as, you know, we're being comforted to be able to comfort those who are going to be going through it. If you, are do, if you are going to be used by God, He will take you through a multitude of experiences that are not meant for you at all. This is the kicker. Did you, and this is what got, gets you so mad sometimes. You thought it was all about you. And sometimes we endure it. Okay, I, I know that I'm going to come out this a better person. No, you're not. You're going to come out the same stinking sinner that you went in. Except you're going to be knowing that you're a sinner and you're going to need a great Savior and somehow I'm going to learn to rely on Him. Wow, it's good that we're here on the mountain. Let's build free booze. Good, let's go down and find out who you really are. And immediately when they came down, what was, what was thrown in their face? Their failure, and what their failure in what Jesus told them to do, and they said they didn't do it. <laughs> they went up the mountain, and they came down the mountain, 
But see, the thing is, it's not that where they went, it's who they went with. Yeah. And God was going to reveal. And God didn't, you know, hide the mistake from them. Sometimes we think grace is that. Well, I know I blew it, but don't, don't mention it. Jesus always mentions it. Whole books, there's, there's whole verses in the Bible of people that really blew it. And I really, I mean, it bothers me that God would, you know, talk about the people that sacrificed everything to serve him anyway. And he can't just, you know, does he have to tell us about that too? Yeah, because that's not what he's looking at. See, it's his blood and his grace that's important, not your works, not what you have done or not done. So, He will take us through a multitude of experiences that are not meant for you at all. They are meant to make you useful in His hands. And sometimes we get our eyes on the wrong thing. We don't even realize when God is working in us and we become unthankful because we thought it was all about me. And God was going, no, it's not about you. It's about Him working in you that you could be useful in His hands. Wow. Like Christ. What did Christ get out of the whole deal? Just the joy of serving his father. He didn't get anything better than what he had. The joy of the whole world is serving God. Whoa. And we should take joyfully in the spoiling of our goods. Yeah. So we're running, we're running the race. Pain. Pain. You, you can give up. You can. You know, it'd be easier. No one, no one would fault you for it. About halfway through, you realize you're not going to make it. I'm talking about, okay, I'm talking about life. You, got, you know, youth has zeal. And the Bible even says it's good. It's good for the young. The, the glory of a young man is his strength. I'm going to translate that a little bit. To stupidity. We trust in our own strength. But it's a good thing. It's a good thing. It's a good thing to be a little bit stupid. Because, you know, it says, uh, what? Heroes tread where cowards, what has it go? You know that thing that coward, heroes tread where angels don't dare to tread? Yeah. So there's a, there's a point that says, yes, hey, let's do that. That's a good thing. But then there's going to, and every day this happens. Not only, you don't have to wait, you know, for the 30, 40, 50 years. That's going to happen too. And don't think it's a strange thing. You know, it's a weird thing when you start getting old. There's nothing you can do about it. Oh, you can try to pretend, pretend, play the pretend game. But you're still old. It doesn't, your body, you can, you can paste it, tape it, kick it, color it, exercise it. I'm not talking about that. It's, it's a state of your being that changes as well. And there's nothing you can do about it. And it's kind of weird to see something out of your control. Can't do much about it. Now, if you get caught up in that, see, if you're still trying to keep the youth that you had, the zeal that you had, the excitement that you had, God's not looking for the excitement. He's looking to run with you or you to run with Him. And so the, 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 the glory of a young man, young people is their zeal. I want, I want our kids to be zealous. I want them to do lots of zealous things. That doesn't mean everything they do is right. But it's going to be zealous. The, 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 the glory of an old man 
is his hoary head, his white hair. It's a good thing we have something to look forward to. You know, when, isn't it nice that he said, you know, you have to be zealous all the rest of When we fall short. And a lot of times we're falling short in our own heart. Yeah, things have changed. Well, of course they've changed. You've been in the race. It's nowhere near as exciting. It's supposed to change. There's a, there's a lesson at mile one. There's a lesson at mile two. There's a lesson at mile three. And then it finally came. And I was sick. I couldn't. I was. This was my speed. And I could care less what anybody thought. There was times I just should give up and die. And finally, we came to the finish line. And I finished. Not totally last. I think there was a guy in a wheelchair who was 90 years old. And the thing that I thought I was looking for, the free food, I went to eat that. And because of my condition, it, it, I almost died. A doctor came over to me and said, what's wrong with you? Sit down. Because I wasn't in condition. I ate. It was, a, it was a, like a Drake's cake thing. I remember it. Because I wanted my free food. Does anybody here go after the free food? You still want it? <laughs> go ahead. Doctor's going to say, put your head between your knees. You're looking really bad. He said I was looking white. And so my goal changed. See, I wasn't so much into the free food anymore. See, because what I thought I was really running for wasn't what I was running for. Now, after a while, see, when I became trained, I could start enjoying the free food but I wasn't running for the free food anymore. And after a while, those things that were engels, uh, blockades in my life, in the race, became friends to me. The excitement at the beginning of the race was no longer what I was wanting anymore. That, I realized, was not able to keep me. I don't want the excitement anymore. Now, we're going we're gonna, to... I still got excited. But it wasn't what was driving me. If in your, in your youth, if all, all you're not excited, I don't see it anymore. That's a good thing. Hallelujah. So when the, when now when I when I ran after I was trained, the excitement was I'm not excited because I know what's headed out there. They'd be stupid to be excited knowing what I'm going to put myself through. So I realized it was just the beginning of a great adventure with God. And so as I began to run. The first mile, I'd go past the first mile and I'd go, whoa, that doesn't bother me the same way. And I'd still get pains, but I, the pains where I was able to endure and where once they said, stop, 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 you can't go on, you can't endure this, I began to wait for them. And I would feel after one mile, two miles, here it comes, I'm right on track. That means there's going to become a second wave and a third wave. And then the final end, I wasn't looking at the cakes. I was looking at finishing with joy. And then I could eat. But that wasn't what I was running for. If you're looking for the cakes, if you're looking for the excitement, it won't keep you. The goal of our life is to be, is have the joy of Jesus fulfilled in us. And that's going to fly right in your face. What do you mean the joy? He was hanging on the cross. 
Everybody's rejecting. A few seconds ago, this the same guy over here was yelling at him. Did you ever want to teach anybody a lesson? It's not worth it. How many people know the story of the skunk and the bear? Can I see a show of hands? How many people do not know the skunk and the bear? Do you know the skunk and the bear? You do? Okay. How many people do not know the skunk and the bear? Okay, for those, I'll, I'll share it. It's a good story. There's, there, there, there's a dump. Okay? And every night the bear would go through the dump and eat what he wanted to eat. And uh, I don't know, maybe there's another bear with him or a rabbit or something. And um, one day, one night he goes there and he just sits on the edge. And the rabbit comes by and says, why aren't you going in? He says, there's, there's a skunk down there. He says, well, you're bigger than that skunk. Why don't you just go in there and beat that old skunk up and eat him? And, you know, you can just do that. He just says, it's just not worth it. It's just not worth it. And so many times, you know, the, the, the hostess ding-dong isn't worth it. Your own ways aren't worth it. But we've got to start recognizing that faith is going to fly every time in the, in the, in, into your common sense. It's going to come a place to where you're going to have to get down off the mountain. You're going to have to choose to say, you know what, I choose to deny myself. I'm going to choose not to turn the spies in. It flies in the face of everything that I believe, everything that I think. But I've got to start speaking the truth in love. And I believe we need to start speaking not by facts, not by niceness, but speaking, as it says in Ephesians chapter 4, speaking the truth in love. And the truth may be a lot of things. See, the truth may be they didn't cast the devils out. The truth may be having to deny yourself and not having to come up with a reason for that. Like we, we tell the children, you know, we, just, we expect them to do this. Eat that. Dress here. Do that. Why? When we start... Where, where is that? Whenever we start to protect ourselves, we've again yielded to the matrix. We've again yielded to this world. We've again yielded to keeping my own life and not having the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord was not happiness. The joy of the Lord was the joy of knowing that He was doing the will of the Father. The joy was knowing that He was not attached to this world. The joy was in doing what God had asked Him to do. The joy was in sacrificing His life. And that's what we're talking about. That's the gospel message, is that there's a God, that this world is on a self-destruct system. It's getting worse and worse. But we are the people of the light, and we ought to live, not just believe in a different manner, but live in a different manner. That we need not to be people that just judge by facts and conclusion and, well, this, I don't like this, but it starts, again, being adapted. My mind starts adapting to a different concept, to a different set of values, to faith that says yes and amen. It starts to take off its clothes and put on a towel and wash the brethren's feet. It starts to allow God to speak to me in words that I usually don't hear. You want to start hearing God? Start listening. But He's not going to come in a common sense way. He's not coming 
just to work in you. He's going to work in you. He's going to bring all kinds of experiences. I'm just going to read that because I think he said it's so good. If you are going to be used by God, He will take you through a multitude of experiences that are not meant for you at all. What are you going to get out of this? Nothing. I mean, not really, but in your common sense deal. What are you going to get out of it? They are meant to make you useful in His hands. Peter, Satan has chosen to sift you like wheat. Well, you know, before I knew the story, I said, oh, God's just going to wipe him out. God's not going to let that happen. I prayed for you. How about instead of prayer, (laughs) you know, just beat him up. No, it's not his way. I prayed for you that after you go through it, you're going to be useful to me. There's going to be things that you learn that that it just has to be. In this world, there's suffering. In this world, there's warfare. In this world, there's a battle between faith and unbelief. And we're called to that. And Jesus gives us the armor and the weapons of our warfare to fight the good fight of faith. The one that says, you know, when I figure this all out, I really ought to turn those spies in. There's nothing that I should. They're a bunch of wimpy choban, shepherds that are coming out of Israel. They're nothing. I'm going to turn them in. She doesn't. David should have run home especially after his brothers rebuked him. He had nothing to gain from that. He had everything to lose. It's they, I'm taking your head off. We need to speak. The facts are not going to change. But God is going to change you when you're confronted with those ideas that say, I just, I just don't see it. You're not supposed to see it. We're supposed to see him. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Father, we just pray that we be refreshed in the race, Lord, as you refresh us, Jesus, that our eyes would be open to see you and not our own goals. We just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, and amen. Praise